helping to secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. This is the Constitution Study on the America Out Loud Network with your host, Paul Engel. How much time do you spend vetting those you follow? I don't mean checking to see if they're donkeys or elephants, but do you really take any time to look at what they say? Not just what they say, but what they do. I ask because it seems that many Americans have chosen leaders with little, if any, real effort to see if they've ever bothered following the olds they've taken in the past. I'm not really surprised. After years of studying and teaching about the Constitution of the United States, it is quite apparent that the state of our civic education is abysmal. Worse than the general ignorance of the supreme law of the land are the numerous myths and lies about what the Constitution says that many Americans follow like lemmings off a cliff. We have constitutionally blind people following constitutionally blind politicians, bureaucrats, and judges. As Jesus said, if the blind leads the blind, both will fall in a ditch. This explains a lot about how America has fallen from the land of the free into the land of the serf. Well, hello there, everyday Americans. Paul Engel here with the Constitution Study. And yes, we hear, we read, we study the Constitution so that we are not blind lemmings simply following along with whatever, well, current fad or trend or, or whatever tickled our fancy. No, we want to know the truth because the truth will set us free. So let's take some time today and look at some examples of, uh, well, we'll call it the blind leadership and the, and the blind followers. So by now you've all heard about the train derailment in Ohio. Actually, there was a second one. I'm talking about the first one, the one in East Palestine, Palestine, however they pronounce it, um, and the, with all the craziness that went around it. Like my, my focus isn't on the train derailment itself, but in how many people I've seen that are that are basically blind following the blind. Now, since this train was interstate, there obviously is a, is, is a set of federal regulations that can legitimately be applied to both the train and the company that runs it, North uh, Norfolk Southern. But what I find interesting is the the number of people that are simply saying, "Oh, it was it was terrible." You know, it was, first it was a group that said it was all Trump's fault. Uh, then there are all sorts of people going crazy over the the burnoff and the spill, and there's a lot going on. Now, there are two things that I want to focus on. The first is the number of people that are waiting for the federal government to do something, whether it be uh, EPA, FEMA, the number of people that are sitting there saying the government, the federal government has to do something. Now, I agree. Because this was an interstate train, there is federal regulation that can legitimately be applied. But does the EPA truly have a great record of dealing with such disasters? I mean, there's been this whole controversy about the burnoff and, you know, who authorized it, what were the dangers of it, were the dangers of not doing it. But their decisions are being made not by the people there, but by a group of bureaucrats. Sure, these bureaucrats may have some expertise, but ultimately it's bureaucrats. But here's the other line, and this is the line that really gets me. The number of pundits, the number of media personalities that are complaining about the hundreds of millions of dollars we are spending in Ukraine, the, I'm sorry, hundreds of billions we're spending in Ukraine, 
but we don't have the federal government doesn't have any money to give to the people of East Palestine. Now, I want to ask you, why are the American people being held responsible for the acts of this company? That, that, that's literally what they're saying is, rather than saying, you know what, Norfolk Southern, you have a problem here. Was it your fault or was it the fault of somebody else? Regardless, you have the responsibility. You ran the train. You, you constructed the train. You assembled it. You ran it. You're responsible. You pay for these things. We will shut you down. We will Whatever permits they need in order to continue in interstate commerce will be suspended until Norfolk Southern takes appropriate uh, actions to protect the people of this town and to remediate the problems. No. They turn around and say, no, the federal government has to do that. Why? Well, the same reason a bank robber robs a bank. That's where all the money is. It's a lot easier to convince a, a bunch of politicians to bribe people with money than it is to get, a to, to get a company to do it. But it's not legal. See, as terrible as this is, and I do feel for the people of that, of that uh, town, it's not the federal government's responsibility to, take, uh, to pay for what were, either the, were, were the consequences of the act of a private company. But we have all of these blind leaders, these blind influencers that believe the federal government is the solution to everything. Every regulation needs to come from the federal government. Every problem needs to be paid for for the federal government. Again, I have a much better idea. Norfolk Southern, either you may take appropriate actions to regulate, to, to resolve and protect these people, or first you'll lose your ability to conduct interstate commerce, also, you'll be held civilly responsible, possibly criminally liable for the damage that was done uh, by your train. Now, some may say, but what if it wasn't uh, uh, Norfolk Southern? What, what if there was a regulation that wasn't put in place, right? Doesn't mean they don't have responsibility. But what you see is now the American people are being expected to pay for this disaster rather than the people that actually did the damage. Norfolk Southern. Here's the other thing to consider. We have federal officials saying that the, the water in East Palestine is fine. There's no impact on water safety. Really? Do, do you trust these officials? I mean, we've just spent, what, four years listening to the lies about origins of COVID, masks, uh, lockdowns, shutdowns, uh, uh, jabs. You're going to trust them now? I wouldn't trust them. You know what I would do? I would get a private company to come in to test the water, my water. Come to my house, test my water, and send the bill to Northwood Southern. Because it was their train that potentially contaminated the water. If you expect the to see the federal government, the people in the federal government, there's no, if they get it wrong, there's no consequence. No one's losing their job if they say the water's fine and it's not, and thousands of, of people um, die, get cancer, birth defects. It doesn't, no one's going to lose their job. But again, private testing. You pick a, t a person to test, you pick a company to perform the test, and the bill gets sent to Norfolk Southern. 
And if Norfolk Southern doesn't sit, does not um, pay that bill in a timely manner, then you sue them for 10 times the value of the bill plus expenses. And if we had a, an actual justice system, that actually work. But you see, we've got blind Department of Injustice. We have blind judges. We have a lot of blind people running around. Uh, here's another one. Um, the FDA's tacit approval of using uh, uh, puberty blockers and, and cross-sex hormones in children. And where's the safety data? Uh, the American First Legal's Stephen Miller is actually suing because they submitted a, preview, a Freedom of Information Act going back to September of last year getting asking for information on the use of such hormones. They, they're requesting it from the, the FDA. And the FDA has refused to respond. Now, what does this have to do with the blind leading the blind? Well, how many people... Or so they say, well, the FDA's okay it, okayed it. Let's go ahead and use it. They never double check. They never looked for the safety data. They only said, we're going to let the blind leaders tell us it's okay and we'll go ahead. That worked really well with masks and, and, and ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine and, and the, the Moderna and Pfizer and, and Johnson and Johnson jabs. It worked so well with that. We're just going to listen to them again. It's the boy who cried wolves. How many times are we going to be lied to by these people before we finally open our eyes, realizing they are leading us into a ditch? Now, again, uh, American First Legal is at least trying to open the eyes of people by getting access to the information. Whether or not they're successful, we'll find out. But the main reason that, that uh, again, Liber American First Legal had to do this is the number of people that are blindly following whatever the FDA says. And while we're speaking of the FDA, which did such a, a, a bang-up job, sorry, there needs to be a sarcasm link on this. The FDA screwed up the entire uh, uh, fake vaccine, right? Uh, none of the vaccines are actually legally vaccines. Well, I guess the Johnson & Johnson may be, but it's, it's, it's really pushing the edge of it. But they simply, you know, redefined vaccine so they could use it. And they put, they sent this vaccine, again, not just throughout the country, throughout the world. There have been tens of thousands of deaths, if not more, linked to the taking of the vaccine. We have reason to believe that uh, you know, Damar Hamlin, most famously known for collapsing on the field of a football game, may have actually re uh, been vaccinated and boosted. Numerous athletes having heart attacks and dying. Uh, evidence in, um, in, in autopsies of, of blood clots, myocarditis, and all sorts of other data that the FDA said, well, we're not going to worry about it. Emergency use, go ahead, take this. We're going to ignore the fact that there's only a small demographic that's truly at risk of, of death or serious injury from COVID. We're going to ignore the fact that we have... Um, Initially anecdotal, but eventually more scientifically acquired data that ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine may help. We're going to ignore the fact that there is that the, the, the concept of an emergency was weak at best. And we're going to take a drug that they never properly safety tested, never tested for efficacy, 
And we're not only going to put it on the market, but the but we're going to let government officials use it as an excuse to coerce people to do this. And now the same committee that um, deals with the uh, uh, vaccines recommended a new vaccine for the respiratory syntactyl virus. Have you heard about RSV? About all the kids that are getting RSV because they were not exposed to other children to get the the vaccine, to get uh, a natural immunity to it. Now they're having kids getting this, uh, a spike of all of these, and we're going to have another vaccine. Was this vaccine tested? I don't care that a committee approved it. That's just a blind leader. Was this vaccine, where is the evidence that the vaccine was tested? Let's let people that uh, are, are actually experts in the field and people that have a history that we can trust. Let's get the doctors from the uh, uh, the Great Barrington Declaration to take a look at the, 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 the test results. And then let's get all of their opinions. Not a committee. I want to hear the details. See, I'm not blindly going to follow any government edict because, well, they've killed people before and I don't want to be in the next group. See, this, this blind leading the blind, you've both fallen in a ditch. And the American people have seems to have, have forgotten how to, to you know, the, the idea of caveat emptor, to be beware, the buyer beware, to, to beware of what government says, to beware of what bureaucrats push, to, to, to look at the federal government as, as little more than, than a giant bureaucracy that has little regard in many cases for the the effect on the actual people because they're not held accountable for being wrong. They're blind leaders. Very often, I believe they're making decisions based more on politics than they are on science, based more on upholding their reputation than actually looking at the science. And after the number of times they have lied to us, that they've misled us, that they've been proven wrong after a month to a year or two. We want people still follow them. And that's the part that I just don't... Now, part of it I understand because a lot of people have put themselves in a bubble and they don't listen to others. But if you look at the outcome, if you just look back at the last couple of years, do you really trust that the the FDA is only going to release a product that is actually safe and effective. They don't have a history of it. That they're going to actually do a safety testing and efficacy testing. Their history on that's not too great. That they're not going to mislead the American people for their own agenda. Their history on that isn't too great either. So the question is, will the American people open their eyes? Or more importantly, not, yes, the American people, will you? See, it's one thing to ask the people as a whole to open their eyes. No, I'm asking you. Now, if you're listening to this program, probably your eyes are fairly open. But what are you going to do to help open the eyes of your neighbors, of friends and family? What are you going to do to help open the eyes of others? So I have to ask you, is it caring, is it patriotic to watch while your fellow Americans are blindly led into a ditch? 
Now, I have to take a break before I go on, but I want to remind you, head to the website, constitutionstudy.com. There's some great stuff there. You can ask a question. You can have me answer it on the radio. You can join one of my mailing lists where I send out newsletters and insider updates and my posts and articles from the site. It's all there. It's at constitutionstudy.com. Also, I want you to think about this. You know, there are a lot of, of things on the market to help you with your energy. You've got energy drinks. You've got coffee. You know, all these things people use to kind of get up and go. And the problem is most of them involve a lot of caffeine and sugar, which can, yeah, get you going, but they can also lead to a crash. Me, I use Healthy Cells Focus and Recall. Why? Well, besides the fact that Healthy Cell is a leading innovator in supplements designed to work at the cellular level, Focus and Recall boosts my short-term focus and my long-term memory without any of the caffeine and, and sugar I find in other products. It just uses vitamins. Best of all, it comes in an easy-to-use travel-ready gel pack. I keep them in my bag. All I do is, is uh, open it up, take it, and about 10, 15 minutes later, the fog is gone. I can focus, and I can get my job done. Now, as an America Out Loud listener, you can get 25% off your first order if you use the code Out Loud at checkout. So go to HealthyCell.com, put your cart together, use any of their products. Again, I love the Focus and Recall, but look at any of their products, put it in your cart. But when you check out, use that code out loud. It lets them know that you listen to America Out Loud. And as a thank you, you get 25% off your first order. You already know Genesis plus HOCL is your best defense against viruses. But did you also know it's the most powerful weapon for eliminating airborne mold too? Customers are raving about the Genesis Fogger's ability to tackle mold problems and the bad smells that go with them. And we all know mold is a hazard to your health. There's no airborne invader that Genesis can't handle. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. Oral hygiene hasn't changed in 50 years, but our diet and the way we eat has, creating an environment in your mouth for bacteria to wreak havoc on your teeth and gums. For better oral health, get Spry Dental Defense an oral care line designed to combat acid-creating bacteria. The toothpaste, mouthwash, mints, and gum all contain xylitol, a natural ingredient shown to dramatically improve oral health. Spry can be found online and at all fine natural retailers. AmericaOutloud.com if you can't find it here, you can't find it anywhere. We are the pulse and voice of everyday American thought, working hard to earn your trust for seven incredible years and counting. America Out Loud Talk Radio, the liberty and justice for all. Welcome back, Everyday Americans. You rejoin the Constitution study. Today, we're talking about the blind leading the blind. Now, yeah, the blind leaders are the ones we tend to follow, whether we put them in political office or the bureaucrats or just the policy pundits, whatever. The blind are us. And we, do we truly you know, think about who it is we're following and why? 
Now, I closed out the last segment talking about the FDA, and you can't talk about them being blind leaders without talking about the CDC. Now, recently, the CDC released a new, what they call a, a risk-benefits analysis of uh, the, the, the jabs. They're not vaccines, but they call them. Now, according to the CDC, um, they estimate that a million doses of this jab in the 12 to 17 age group over a period of six months would prevent 136 hospitalizations and between zero and one deaths. Sounds good, right? Something you should follow, right? Well, except the, uh, the study was based on effective effectiveness estimates from a previous study, one that's already outdated. It was never peer-reviewed. And it only analyzed data for adults. And oh, by the way, that hospitalization number, yeah, that was for anybody who entered a hospital that tested positive after admission for COVID. It had nothing to do with actually being in the hospital for COVID. See what I mean? These are these are blind leaders. They say we should get you should take a, an experimental jab in your arm because we've got this ridiculous data. Follow along. They're like a, a pipe piper of, of stupid. Now, again, I'm, I'm not simply trying to call people names, but think about it. You have a study that, that is at best flawed, if not fraudulent, and they expect you to follow along. But then again, haven't, isn't that exactly what the American people have done for the last four years? Simply follow along with whatever these bureaucrats say? Or how about this one, the, uh, the advisory panel that uh, looks at, at vaccine safety, you know, the one that infamously says, says it's okay to, to give this shot to a certain age group or a certain booster in age group. You know, now we find out that um, they were lied to. Uh, a gentleman by the name of uh, Tom Shikaburo, uh, is that it? Uh, Shimaburo, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm mispronouncing the name. I don't, not intentionally. He's the CDC's immune, immunization safety officer. And he presented data to the, the, the panel, the, the committee, that decides whether or not they should recommend or uh, the, uh, the, the use of certain vaccines. But you see, then he made a, a false statement. According to the Epic Times, he said there were no safety signals detected for ischemic stroke for the primary series or, non, or monovalent boosters of the Pfizer and Moderna COVID-19 vaccines in the U.S. and global monitoring. In other words, there was no issue. They didn't see any anything that would raise concerns about ischemic strokes. Except there's one problem. The CDC itself has identified ischemic stroke as a safety signal once the Moderna and Pfizer vaccines were analyzed by the uh, Vaccine Adverse Events Reporting System. In other words, he lied. Now, did he lie to the committee or is he just lying in public? But again... Are we blindly following what the CDC is saying? And if so, why? Why in heaven's name do so many people simply follow along with what they say as often as they've been proven to be wrong? To at best be wrong, to, to at worst be lying to the American people. But yet people still follow. I still know me people. They will follow whatever the CDC says. Well, the CDC said it was okay. The FDA said it was okay. How often do you have to watch people falling off that cliff before we say, maybe we shouldn't be listening to these people? All right, let's, let's go away from the, the public health debacle. Let's take a look at some others, like, uh, well, let's say law enforcement. The Twitter files have been a, a, a plethora of, of evidence 
of the FBI using and manipulating social media to impact elections and uh, other decisions by the American people. For example, back in October of 2020, FBI went to Facebook to, quote-unquote, warn them that the, the Hunter Biden laptop was a Russian disinformation. This, by the way, was a lie. They had no information. They had no evidence of that. But uh, uh, again, uh, Mark Zuckerberg on the Joe Rogan podcast said, yes, they came to us and said, this, this be warning, you could see this type of data and it would be uh, a Russian disinformation. So, of course, some people are calling the FBI to account. Wait a second, what is going on here? So what was the response of the FBI? to the accusation that they uh, uh, were manipulating social media to impact the election? He said, The FBI routinely notifies U.S. private sector entities, including social media providers, of potential threat information so that they can decide how to better defend against threats. Hmm. So you're telling me that um, if you tell someone, listen, you might see some information, it might involve Hunter Biden, it might involve a laptop, and uh, it's, it's definitely Russian disinformation, that's warning them of a potential information threat? How about all the evidence of FBI officials contacting Facebook to have certain content and certain accounts deplatformed and shut down? Is, is that just informing them of potential problems? See, they get away with it because they, they can treat the American people like they're utter buffoons because we keep falling for it. We blindly follow. Oh, I see. They were just telling us. They were just warning uh, uh, Facebook that, that there might be stuff out there. No, ladies and gentlemen, they manipulated the 2020 election. Now, did that have an ultimate impact? I don't know. I, I do know that um, was a 17% of Biden voters after he was elected said if they'd known about the Hunter Biden laptop, they would have voted differently. And it appears that the FBI was part of the charade, part of the, the, the scam, the gaslighting to convince people that, that the Hunter Biden laptop was Russian disinformation when there's absolutely no evidence of that. And there actually was evidence that it belonged to Hunter Biden, including, by the way, not only his signature, but the fact that he never denied. Now, again, not denying it is not proof of, but it certainly doesn't show proof that it's a Russian disinformation. And of course, there have been whistleblowers coming out of the FBI claiming all sorts of shenanigans. One of them, an agent, Garrett O'Boyle, out of the Kansas City office, uh, claimed that uh, he was told to take one domestic terrorism case and divide it into four different cases. Now, why would you want to do that? Oh, because it boosts the, the domestic terrorism number. See, now when, when Merrick Garland goes out there and or um, uh, Director Ray goes out there and says, we have a domestic terrorism because look at the rise in domestic terrorism. And now we find out that, oh yeah, the, the, the books are cooked. The numbers are juiced. Now again, this is a claim by an agent, by a whistleblower, but it joins a long list, or at least a good list, of other whistleblowers making similar, in some cases even uh, far, far, farther-reaching mistakes. Who is it that one of the agents said that um, the, there'd be a case out of the Washington field office of uh, domestic terrorism or domestic violent extremism, 
And every time they contacted an office to gather data locally, rather than saying, hey, we've got the case in Washington, we're just looking for information, they had them open a case in that region, again, apparently to inflate the numbers. And sure, there are people that are out there saying, well, see, the FBI says we have a, a domestic terrorism problem, so we must do something about it. We must give them all sorts of power and capabilities because, well, look at all the numbers. Oh, the numbers are cooked. Are you going to blindly follow what they say? And again, it's not just a, a democratic administration. It's not even just government officials. Vivek Ramaswamy has recently announced he's running for uh, the Republican nomination for president. Okay, go for it. I'll be my guest. I'm, you know, I'm not into politics. I'm into actual constitutional policy. But it's interesting. What is his response to, um, to, to the all these FBI scandals? Well, if you read the Epic Times, I, I get their feeds. They had a headline that would lead you to believe that uh, his his vow is to shut down the FBI. That's the title. The title of, the, of this article, he was speaking at CPAC, says that Vivek Ramaswamy vows to shut down FBI if elected president. I know a lot of people that are going to blindly follow this. In fact, I was just having a, a conversation over uh, uh, another post I made uh, dealing with a Florida law where people read the headline and then make assumptions based on the headline only to find out he didn't say that. Now, Ramaswamy has talked about getting rid of the Department of Education. Why? Well, there's no constitutional authority for the, the Federal Department of Education. But what he said was, at, at the CPAC conference, was, uh, we are done with the J. Edgar Hoover legacy. He said, I don't see any reporting about what he actually said in, in getting rid of the FBI. See, it was real easy. And I got to admit, I started following it. I said, well, this would be interesting mainly because it, to me it would be a disaster. I, I don't even know. It would. The problem you have is he would be violating the Constitution if he got rid of the FBI. Now, if he's talking about controlling the FBI, putting it into a constitutional box and enforcing that, that would be good. But again, I don't know because I was tempted to follow this leader, but I didn't do so blindly. I did what I recommend all of you do. Read the article. Yes, there is a list of federal agencies um, uh, uh, that, that uh, should be shut down. They don't legally exist. But I'm not sure where Epic Times is saying that, that he's added the FBI to that. Now, maybe he did. Maybe he didn't just what they didn't put it in the article where he actually said that. Um, okay, well, then what? Well, you're going to blindly follow Ramaswamy? Because again, the FBI, I know a lot of people don't like to hear this, there's a constitutional role for the FBI. The, the president is required to enforce laws of the United States, at least the ones that are constitutional. How is he going to do that? He's not going to be out walking a beat. He's not going to be out doing the investigations. The FBI has that legal authority. So now you're going to get, is he going to get rid of the FBI? In which case, who's going to handle the investigations? Is it going to be the other... The, the alphabet soup of uh, agencies, many of which are illegal, that are going to do it? Or is he going to replace the FBI with some other three-letter agency that will become just as corrupt? I don't know. 
See, this one is where I want you to think. It's not simply that, uh, uh, oh, he said something, you know, it, it, he said something wild. Oh, my God, he wants to go to the FBI. Evil or good, depending on which side of the story you want. How about we stop blindly following these people and look at what it is they actually want to do? If Mr. Ramaswamy wants to get rid of the FBI, my question is, what's he going to replace it with? And why is that better than, than other options? Think of it this way. If you're driving down the road and uh, you, your car gets a flat tire, is it better to fix the flat tire or to replace the entire car. Well, if it's one tire, yes. What happens if it's all four tires and the spare? Is it better to get the four tires replaced or to replace the entire car? We have to stop blindly following these sound, these sound bites. How about we, uh, uh, we, start, we start thinking a little deeper on this? We don't simply blindly follow somebody either because he's a Republican or a Democrat or because he says something provocative or not or... Because what he says just sounds like it'd be a really good idea. See, that's how you get led into a ditch. Here's another one I want you to consider. And this is uh, uh, the nominee for to head the Federal Aviation Administration, a Phil Washington. Uh, he was before Congress, and, and I found the questions very interesting. Let me give you an example of some of them. Um, he was asked several questions by Senator Ted Budd. Um, question. What airspeed, what airspace requires an ADSB transponder? I'm not sure I can answer that question right now. What are the question? What are the six types of special use airspace that appear on FAA charts? Response Sorry, Senator, I cannot answer that question. Okay, so this is obviously it's like, oh, see, this guy knows nothing about air, uh, about aviation. How can he administer the FAA if he doesn't know anything about this? Again, we're hiring a bureaucrat to deal with bureaucracy. But look at some of the questions. And again, if you don't know the answer to these questions, I'm not surprised. You're not a pilot. One question he was asked, what are the operational limits of a pilot flying under basic med? His response, Senator, I'm not a pilot. Senator Bud, uh, but obviously you'd oversee the Federal Aviation Administration. So any idea what those restrictions under are under basic med? The response was, well, some of the restrictions I would think would be high blood pressure. Some of them would be, but interrupted. It's more like how many passengers per airplane, how many pounds, and different categories, and what altitude you can fly under. The amount of knots, it's under 250 knots. So it's not having anything to do with blood pressure. Everyone's pointing to this thing. See, the, the nominee for the FAA doesn't know anything about, the, about aviation. How can he be qualified? I'll tell you what, I, I, I wonder, did Mr. Budd... Did Senator Bud know the answer to these questions before putting them in, in, in this list? In other words, was is Mr. Bud a pilot and familiar with all of this, or did he have somebody put these gotcha questions together just so he could show up a nominee? So on the one hand, I look at this and say, I'm not sure that Mr. Washington is qualified to be director of the, of the FAA. Not because he doesn't know the details of, of, of all of these things, but does he He certainly has yet, to my knowledge, shown enough understanding of the, the regulations of airspace currently done by federal law to be effective in that office as anything other than a bureaucrat. But on the other hand, I'm not so sure what Senator Budd has done is any better 
Has he, has he, again, has he said, these are gotcha questions. Think about it. If, if you're a bureaucratic administrator, why do you have to know off the top of your head um, what airspaces you need certain transponders or even how, to, how they are classified, what the details are? what the medical regulations are. Uh, what would One of the questions was, can you tell me what causes an aircraft to spin or to stall? I'm not a pilot. Okay, that's a question we should ask. Do you want a pilot running the FAA or overseeing the FAA? But this seems to me, what Mr. Buzz is doing is, is again, just gotcha questions. So are you going to blindly follow Mr. Washington and Mr. Biden? Or are you going to blindly follow Mr. Bud? That's the point of, of today's program. Are you going to blindly follow them? I have to take another break, but I want to remind you, the Constitution study is only one of many voices heard in America Out Loud. So please stop by daily to AmericaOutloud.com. Look at the, the stories, the, the articles, the podcasts, the videos, but don't just read them. Don't just watch them. Share them. Share them with friends. Share them with family. Share them wherever you can so other people get exposed to these other ideas. See, if we want to secure the blessings of liberty, it's not enough to blindly follow others and hope they will do it. We have to do the work ourselves. And that involves sharing information. These days, every time you turn on the news, it seems like there's a new threat to your health. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Advanced Nutrition Company, Healthy Cell, created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. These physician-formulated gels come in a small gel pack. Tear off the top and shoot it down, or mix it in water. Boost your immunity. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. Hello, I'm Ben Marble, MD, and I founded MyFreeDoctor.com as a donation-supported, faith-based nonprofit with a mission to save lives by delivering free doctor visits to patients in all 50 states of America. MyFreeDoctor.com treats a broad range of health concerns like COVID-19, long COVID, sinus infections, urinary tract infections, rashes, medication refills, and more. So please visit MyFreeDoctor.com, where we're healing America one person at a time. Welcome back, Everyday Americans, if you join the Constitution study. And today, we're looking at, uh, well, the blind leading the blind in the ditch. We are, well, we're rushing Palmal too. I've talked already about uh, uh, the public health issues. I've talked about the the, the quality of, of uh, nominees. And we did, like I said, the FDA, the CDC, the FAA. Well, there's another thing I want to talk about. And did you realize... That the United States, that Joe Biden just signed an order to extend the national emergency. No, I don't mean the one from COVID. I mean the one that started back in 2014, signed originally by Barack Obama, saying there's a state of emergency because of the Russian actions in Ukraine. 
Now, understand, there is nothing in the Constitution that authorizes anyone in the federal government to declare a national emergency. I have to admit, I can understand certain situations where uh, uh, with certain legislation, there'd be certain national emergencies to uh, to deal with certain scenarios. But this 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 ten almost 10-year national emergency, these are being used now to circumvent the law. You see, during national emergencies, they allow what they call special or extraordinary powers. What they're really talking about are powers not delegated to the United States. They're talking about circumventing the law, circumventing the Constitution, all of this, this goal of, well, we can do it because it's an emergency. Russia has been in Crimea, again, for nine years. Is it still a national emergency? Or is this just another excuse for the federal government to expand its power, ignore the Constitution, and to give presidents uh, free, pretty much free reign to uh, abuse their position as uh, as executive executing the laws, the, the legitimate laws of the United States. I don't know. My my feeling is at this point, this is just another abuse of power. It's another well. It, there's a national emergency. We must let the president do these things because it's a national emergency. That's the lemming going over the cliff, ladies and gentlemen. That's saying, well, because Ukraine is under attack and because we are willing to spend all sorts of money, not simply to support their, their war-fighting effort, that, that's one thing, but to actually fund their pensions, that's quite another. But Paul, it's a national emergency. No, no, I'm sorry, this is a political emergency much more than it is a national emergency. Now again, I'm not a geopolitical expert. I'm not a foreign policy expert. I do see some of the logic of helping Ukraine defend itself against an aggressor. I do. I'm also not foolish enough to ignore the fact that Ukraine has its own corruption issues. But that doesn't make it a national emergency. That makes it a foreign emergency. You see, unless and until the fighting in Ukraine or the Crimea or whatever Russia is an actual threat to the to, to the United States directly, not to our foreign policies, as as uh, the executive order claims, but to the actual United States, then it's not a national emergency. And what we have here is just another usurpation of power that is reinforced by blind people following blind leaders right over the cliff, right past democracy, into communism or anarchy. Now let's look at another example. We're all familiar with the CIA and its history of, um, well, let's just say meddling in foreign politics, foreign elections. Could they possibly be doing that in U.S. elections as well? So you just cast your mind back to October of 2020. James Clapper, who's a former DNI, Director of National Intelligence, along with a group of other intelligence officials, created what they call their public statement on the Hunter Biden emails. Now, remember, New York Post published the uh, 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 a story about these emails, and they implicated... Hunter Biden, Joe Biden's son, 
with questionable international business dealings. And now we have a, a, you know, a the, these 50 um, intelligence officials saying, no, 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 no. Now, the public state statement was drafted and uh, it was it was sent to uh, to uh, the Politico it was released to Politico and it very quickly ended up in the presidential debate. See, so uh, Politico published the article on October 19th saying the Hunter Biden story is Russian disinformation. Dozens of former Intel officials say um then candidate Biden used it in the debate, the presidential debate, saying, "Look, there are former fifty former intelligence folks that say that the the accusations of uh, is nothing but Russian disinformation." You know what was interesting though, as this story grew, as it was it was published on 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 Twitter, and you know Twitter shut down the New York Post story, and all this information conveniently ignored in all of this was the then Director of National Intelligence, John Ratcliffe's statement, saying the intelligence community doesn't believe there was, and, they, and that there was no intelligence information to support the fact, anything about the, any claims that the Hunter Biden laptop is part of some Russian disinformation campaign. So you have 50 intelligence officials saying, oh, looks like classic Russian disinformation. Do you have any proof? Do you have any evidence? Oh, no, no, no. But we're the, we're the blind leaders. We just do what we say. You've got another leader saying, wait a second, you've got no, that emperor has no clothes. The majority of the community doesn't believe this. There's no information to support this. But you see, that gets ignored. Now, part of the reason it gets ignored is it was suppressed in the press. It was not published nearly as much as the, as the um, you know, uh, Russian disinfo. But how many of the American people followed that blind leader right over the cliff? Again, shortly after the election, there was a poll that showed something like 17% of people who voted for Biden, they themselves, self-identified Biden voters, said we would have voted differently if we'd known about the laptop. We have our intelligence agencies, our intelligence officials meddling in our own domestic elections. And not only do we have millions of Americans blindly following this, where is the where's the, the, the check and balance? Where are the people saying, wait a second, um, what about what, what uh, Director Ratcliffe said? What about his statement that you're lying that the intelligence community believes this, that there is no information to support it? This is merely your opinion. See, that went nowhere. Now, my point isn't about whether or not the, the, the Hunter Biden laptop story was, was accurate or not, but to look at just how easily the American people will find a blind leader and then blindly follow them. It's on both sides. It, it's it's Republican Democrat. It's progressive conservative. You name it. We will. You know, we. It's easy. You find somebody. You follow them. And I think in, in many aspects we're trained to do this. Just look at, at school and the way school works. You're told to sit down, be quiet, do what you're told, follow the leader. You want to go somewhere, they stick you in lines. 
it's this impression of you're taught to follow. Often you're taught to follow some government official, i.e. a teacher, somebody who works for the government. Now, what's interesting is uh, there was a recent survey done by a Zach Goldberg and Eric Kaufman. And the issue report said, uh, school choice is not enough, the impact of critical social justice ideology in American education. And what they found is this indoctrination of children into the idea of, of critical thinking, or I should say critical racial uh, theory and, and all these, it sticks. They surveyed 1,500 young Americans and found that 93 of them had been exposed to at least one of eight critical social justice concepts from a teacher or other adult at school. Things like white privileges, systemic racism, patriarchy, and others. Now, what they found was, well, it shouldn't really be surprising. Of the students, the the 1,500 young people they surveyed, those who had not been exposed to woke ideology, when they uh, uh, when they grew up, they their political bent broke twenty seven percent to twenty percent towards the Republicans. Right, so twenty seven percent were politically viewed Republican, twenty percent Democrat, fifty three percent everything else. Those who had been taught all eight, or I should say, maximum a maximum of eight of these critical social justice concepts, fifty three percent to seven toward the Democratic Party. In other words, our schools, which are indoctrinating our children into this critical social justice thinking, is actually indoctrinating them also into the Democratic Party. Are you blindly sending your kids to school, expecting them to be educated? Are you eventually realizing that, no, they're being indoctrinated into into a political movement? Is it any wonder we're seeing an increased rate of depression in teenagers. Is it any wonder we're seeing an increased rate of suicide and suicidal thoughts in teenagers? And interesting, is it, is it very interesting that the growth is highest among young ladies, greater than among young men? Could it be that teaching people that they're nothing but disgusting, rotting, uh, racist bigots, doesn't make them feel very good. Could lead to depression. Telling them that, that they have no control, they, they've been, they've been uh, oppressed, and they have no control, no ability to fix anything, might lead them to have, have suicidal ideation. Could it be, be that the American people's blind following of the educational system, wherever it wanted to go, has led to this mess. And in our final example for the day, uh, we're actually going to go to National Public Radio. That's right. The uh, the, the the radio the, the broadcast system that um, well it legally takes your money to to fund propaganda. Now I'm not at all surprised that NPR is left leaning and socialist. Doesn't surprise me a little bit. But what I found very interesting is a report. Uh, I found this on creators.com, by the way, of, of one NPR personality in describing in her loathe for the free market and uh, fundamentalism, she went on to gush over the Communist Manifesto written by Marx and Engels. And yes, it's still, you know, my name is very close to Engels, but 
She said it offered uh, um, it offered a refuge, inspiration, and an argument. So many arguments still. It was a manifesto that is both impossible and imperative in its call to action. Um, I would like to remind Brooke Gladstone that uh, the Communist Manifesto led to the death of something like 60 million people in the 20th century alone. But she sees it as, as a, a, uh, a, a, an imperative, a call to action. Yeah, it's a call to action to death and destruction and enslavement and tyranny. And if you are a per- if someone blindly follows NPR, guess where the- where is Ms. Gladstone blindly following? She is blindly following Marx and Engels into one of the worst times in the world history. One of the worst examples of genocide of of governments intentionally killing their own citizens into a time of of uh, oppression that almost unheard of to many people alive today. And this is not only where Ms. Gladstone is being led, but it's also where she's leading a lot of people. And it's also where I believe our schools are leading a lot of people. Now, unlike those who would follow the Communist Manifesto, my solution is not to shut down the opposition. My solution is to provide more information, to provide better information, to not simply rail against the the dying of reason, but to actually show that, no, you don't need to blindly follow these people. In fact, it's extremely dangerous to blindly follow these people. In fact, it's it's dangerous to blindly follow anyone. I would not want someone to blindly follow me. I was just having a, a a comment exchange with somebody on one of my social media platforms that was saying, listen, I don't agree with you 100%, but I still listen to you. I said, that's fine. I don't expect people to 100% agree with me. I just want to have a civil discussion about the topic. That should be where we are at. Not following, investigating, learning, figuring things out for ourselves. Freedom, independence, liberty. Those all are based on not only individual rights, but individual duties. And while I don't want you to blindly follow anything I say or anything I do, I do hope you'll come around every weekday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time to listen to the Constitution Study on America Out Loud Talk Radio heard on the iHeartRadio network. If you can't listen then, then find me on podcasts. I'm on your favorite podcast app, but if you do, do me a favor, subscribe. Rate the show, rate the episodes, give me a review. Help other people find the Constitution study as well. Now, you can find all the links at the homepage at americaoutloud.com. But just as I don't ask you to blindly follow me, I do ask you to do something for me. That is to take those links, take the shows, the podcasts, everything I put out, and share it. Share it with friends, share it with family, share it on social media. Share it with neighbors, share it wherever you can. Share the the eye-opening information that could keep you from blindly following somebody into a ditch. That, ladies and gentlemen, is how we share the blessings of liberty. Not just for ourselves, but for all Americans, from sea to shining sea.